I think satire and humor are worth defending. I think free speech is worth defending, and I think it's a tool that we need to use in the church. Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee, speaking at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. Humor is our tool. Humor is something that God created. The left just co-opted it for all the terrible comedies and stuff that you see and all the vulgar stuff coming out of Hollywood. It's ours, and we're going to reclaim it. And I think that's one of the, one of the missions of the Babylon Bee. The left wants to take down humor. The left demands that things that mock them and point out how ridiculous they are being get torn down. But we're just going to keep answering that with more and more humor. And I think it starts here. It starts in the church. We need to be able to laugh at ourselves. You can watch and listen to a recording of Kyle Mann's presentation, Making the Case Against Cancel Culture, from this year's Making the Case Conference. For a donation of $300, you can download an audio and video recording. Learn more at issuesetc.org. There is no common ground possible between the people who believe in objective truth and cultural Marxists. Parents, social media is undermining you left and right. I mean, it's like dumping a bucket of termites outside your house every day and then thinking, it'll be fine, they won't mess with my house. Feminism has told us that our, our children are the obstacle to our happiness instead of a means to our happiness. You know, when we take those tender and important and precious relationships away from women, they're not going to be more fulfilled without it. You know, Luther said on his deathbed that we're beggars all. He could have said we're all dogs receiving crumbs from our master's table. This is Mark from Michigan, and I am a lawnmower listener. We love issues, etc. We know too well the devastating effects in every facet of life of divorce on the children of that divorce. What if those children are full grown? What if they are adults when their parents part ways? Do the detrimental effects accrue to them? Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. live on this Friday afternoon, September the 1st. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to talk about gray divorce with Katie Breckenridge. We'll spend some time with Pastor Jonathan Connor. Part six of our series, Kids Have Questions. We'll finish up some relationship questions and go on to questions about death and dying. Then Pastor Chris Roseborough will join us for This Week in Pop Christianity Today, Katie Souza and her claims of time travel. Katie Breckenridge is operations administrator for the children's rights organization, Them Before Us. She's author of a column for The Federalist titled, Divorce is Hardest on the Kids, Even When They're All Grown Up. Katie, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. What are we learning about the effects of divorce on children in general? Well, parental separation is one of many adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs as they're referred to. And these ACEs can have lifelong impacts on children. And we're learning that there are issues with physical, emotional, and relational health for children of divorce. So regarding physical impacts, children who have endured more ACEs have double the risk for heart disease and cancer, have a higher risk for chronic lung disease, are more likely to develop depression, have higher levels of ADHD, asthma, and autoimmune disorders. And boys, specifically, who experience father loss have shorter telomeres, which I think is really interesting, which um, are the end caps of chromosomes. 
And uh, shorter telomeres are associated with health issues like heart disease and cancer. So these impacts occur because the body's natural biological stress response changes the structure and function of the developing brains of children, as well as their immune systems and hormonal systems. And, and that's just the physical impacts. There's Children of divorce also experience instability because they're shuffled back and forth between two homes, which is in the best case scenario if both parents actually stay in their lives. And they experience declines in parental involvement. They're more likely to experience poverty. There's also issues of safety. Biological parents are statistically more likely to protect, provide for, and be permanently attached to their kids, but divorce increases the likelihood of unrelated adults in children's lives, usually unrelated males, which increases the risk of children suffering fatal inflicted injuries compared with those residing with two biological parents. And Katie Faust always recommends Googling mother's boyfriend and seeing what results come up, and it's alarming the amount of stories of abuse from the boyfriends of children's mothers. Are these effects found even in adult children, some of them? Yeah, so we're finding that while those who experience parental divorce as adults may not necessarily experience the same developmental health issues as children whose parents divorce when they're children, um, they do experience the emotional and relational impacts of divorce through losing that parental stability they had known their whole lives, experiencing a loss of parental connection and having to take on extra responsibilities that they weren't prepared for and even questioning their own relationships based on the example of marriage that has been given to them. How is parental contact often lost in gray divorce? Mothers and fathers actually differ in their reactions to divorce. Mothers are twice as likely to have more frequent contact with their adult children after a late divorce than they did before, whereas fathers are only half as likely to maintain frequent contact with their children. And divorced fathers are also more likely to remarry than mothers after a late divorce. But it's also been found that even if mothers remarry, they are more likely to maintain their relationships with their children than remarried fathers. What is matrilineal tilt? So the matrilineal tilt explains why mothers are more likely to remain in contact with their children after a late divorce because mothers tend to be more of the nerve center of families and mothers are the ones more attuned to children's moods and needs such as their social obligations and their schoolwork and mothers are usually more in tune in general to children's emotional needs and they're the nurturers of the family and the father after losing his wife in a late divorce, also loses the channel connecting him with his children, which can then in turn cause him to you know, switch his focus to a new wife if he's remarried and his new family. And this can also cause issues with putting him at risk of being kinless in his old age if he doesn't remarry and he's cut off his children. How are adult children of divorce burdened emotionally and relationally 
after divorce? The adult children of divorce are often burdened by extra caregiving responsibilities, such as having to take care of one or both of their parents in their old age because the other parent isn't there anymore to help their spouse like you would expect your parents to grow old together and take care of each other. But obviously that dynamic doesn't exist anymore. And they have to take on being their parents' emotional and social support systems, managing their parents' finances, being middlemen to avoid conflict between the parents. There's also the issue of um, experiencing manipulation regarding who to spend holidays and vacations with. And this is all happening while they're trying to manage the stresses that come with managing your own families and children. And and these burdens don't disappear directly after the divorce either. They can go on for decades. Are adult children of divorce sometimes expected to support the divorce or even celebrate the divorce? Yes. There is this societal assumption that they should be unaffected by the divorce or even celebrate it because they're expected to understand how much strife their parents have been through and they should be happy that it's over. But children assume just because they aren't children anymore that it's no big deal and they should be fine with it. But that is not the case. How does gray divorce create doubt about the children's own relationships? Some adult children experience a lot of issues with trust and commitment and feeling insecure in their relationships and just possessing an overall negative outlook on marriage because if all you've seen in your life is familial brokenness, it can be harder to enact a healthy marriage in your own life. And a study done by the National Survey of Family Growth, which is quite stark, found that children whose parents divorced but never remarried are 45% more likely to end their own marriages And that percentage rises to 91% more likely to divorce when their parents remarry. And these concerns have also contributed to a rise in cohabitation, which continues the cycle of familial breakdown as children with cohabiting parents are three times more likely to see their parents separate. So divorce doesn't just affect one couple, it can affect generations and continue a cycle of familial breakdown. Why is it that... Divorce creates these multitude of problems, even in adult children. So children have three staples to their social-emotional diet, which is their mother's love, their father's love, and stability. And more often than not, divorce splits mother's love and father's love and obliterates stability completely. And adults don't stop craving this connection when they're with their parents and the stability that comes from being a whole familial unit simply because they're not children anymore. This is a lifelong craving. Finally, why do you oppose no-fault divorce? Because when marriage can be casually ended, it creates an attitude in our culture that marriage can be casually entered into and that it isn't the serious lifelong commitment that it should be. And we need to understand more that like divorce isn't something that should be taken lightly. And if someone isn't at fault, it makes divorce easier and therefore increases the likelihood that children will have to endure the negative effects of divorce. And children have the right, as we 
advocate for uh, them before us. Children have the right to their mothers and fathers and shouldn't be denied the ongoing contact with both parents that they need regardless of their age. Katie Breckenridge is Operations Administrator for the Children's Rights Organization, Them Before Us. She's author of a column for The Federalist titled Divorce is Hardest on the Kids, Even When They're All Grown Up. You'll find a link to this column and to Them Before Us at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Katie, thanks. Thank you. Pastor Jonathan Connor joins us for the continuation of our series, Kids Have Questions. We'll continue with a few questions on relationships, beginning with the real definition of love, and go on to death and dying next. I like that we get to talk about these things and we hit it from a different angle, but because we love each other and because we have the same religious views, you know, church is the centerpiece of our lives. Worship is the centerpiece of our lives. Molly Hemingway speaking at the Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. So when we are just going back and forth on politics, it's really not that important relative to the things that do matter. In all seriousness, if you do not have someone in your life that you both completely trust and regularly engage in arguments with, you're doing it wrong. You can watch and listen to journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway's Q&A and all of the presentations from the 2023 Making the Case Conference for a contribution of $300 by Labor Day. We'll send you links to download a podcast or watch a video stream. Order today at issuesetc.org or by check. Make your check payable to Issues Etc. and send it to Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Contending for truth in an age of anti-truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. St. Peter encourages us, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. That is where we get the Greek word for apologetics, that is to defend the Christian faith. The September issue of The Lutheran Witness takes up the topics of apologetics and archaeology and discusses both of them in detail with articles from Paul Meyer, Sarah Rinsel, Mark Meal, and David Adams. To pick up your copy, visit cph.org witness or visit our website witness.lcms.org to learn more. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the world from a Lutheran perspective. Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical Curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching step-by-step classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR23 to save on your order. simplyclassical.com.